Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Gasolina! Sorry, that's the very end. I should choose another one. No, it's fine. Now you gotta listen to the entire show to understand why we're making this Good, young, gay! We're that back. song is old too. Like it's yeah. not a recent song. No, 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 no. But it is a goddamn classic. It's a page. banger, banger. We are back with Doc Antle episode two. Uh, it's a real fun one. Still a little bit of a you know content warning for anyone out there. Same stuff as last week. Um, yes. But definitely, I mean, it's not better, but it's definitely less part of it. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I I would say. Uh, less, uh, a little more talk about, uh, some financial abuse mm-hmm. and, um, there is some death in yeah. this one. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. not like the fin dom shit. It's like sad, non-consensual financial abuse. How so. do I get into fin dom? I just want people to give me money so I can say mean things, which is basically what I do for roast battle. But like, yeah. I would love to monetize that more. <laughs> I absolutely think you could get into it. Hello, all my little pay pegs and piggies. <laughs> Give me your fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you for joining us for this. It's going to be a wonderful episode. Um, oh, I wanted to uh, give a quick shout out up top. Uh, former, you know, former host, always in our hearts, Andre Gazetta, uh, has an art show coming up. And if you want information on that, you should follow her on Instagram, at Andrea Gazetta. Um, I've seen some of the art that she's working on. It's absolutely fantastic. She just did a painting of Paige. She just painted me. Yeah. It looks really cool. I mean, it looks weird at first because, like, <laughs> until all the paint's on there. Yeah, yeah, uh, But yeah. then once it is, it looks amazing. Yeah, before the paint was on there, you just look like the ghost of Paige Wesley. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I didn't know you could die from eating too much cheese. <laughs> God, I hope for my sake that's not true. Um, I mean, I probably could because lactose intolerancy, but, um, yeah, I guess technically that wouldn't be from eating too much cheese. It'd be from dehydration due to diarrhea. Anyway, my point is Andrea has a show coming out. Don't associate it with diarrhea, associate it with beautiful artwork. Um, so go ahead and follow her again at Andrea Gazetta on Instagram, uh, for all that information. Um, yes, without any further ado, let's hop into this show. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership, organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers, organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships, and organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always... These are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us, we have teenagers still for a little bit. I'm so oh, sorry. No. Uh, it's not it's not as as much as the last one. Mm-hmm. Um allow me to explain a little <laughs> bit. So 
many of you know this story purely from the Netflix documentary. And, and that is one of our primary sources. We do have a lot of other ones. But the Netflix documentary really kind of parceled this information out in what I will call like like related like topical chunks where all the teen marriage stuff was kind of together and then all of the zoo stuff was kind of together and then all of the kind of business dealings stuff was kind of together and what I wanted to do just to make this a more cohesive story is to try and relate this to a chronological timeline. Like when is all of this stuff happening? So what I kind of settled on was this first episode that was last week was his time at Yogaville. This episode is going to be his time at the Buckingham Zoo, which is the zoo he owns right next to to Yogaville. Mm -hmm. And then our last episodes are going to be at his Tigers, T-I-G-E-R-S, enclosure in Myrtle Beach and some of the zoos that led up to that. Now, the Buckingham Zoo is where a lot of stuff is going to go down at the same time. So we're going to tell two or three different stories within this episode. They are occurring simultaneously. (laughs) So basically what we're saying is welcome to our anthology series, Tales from the Zoo. Yes, yes, exactly. Tales from this dick, because uh, he's <laughs> tales an from the Tales from the fucking ham palace. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's dive into sources really quick. So we do obviously have the Netflix documentary Tiger King and the Doc Antle story. We have the Bustle article, Where is Doc Antle Now? Uh, zoo Wives and Kids. We also have the People.com article. Um, about his new docu-series where he was commenting on the Netflix series coming out because he hated the first Tiger King series. Yeah, and I could see Extra why. hated the second one. Yeah. Uh, we do have an article from PETA regarding the cases that they have brought against him. However, most of that's going to be in episode three. Uh, we also have a local news article on uh, Myrtle Beach Safari. Uh, Doc Antle denies allegations of past sexual relationships with underage girls. Uh, we have the Radio Times article, Who is Doc Antle? We have the Winchester Star, again, a local newspaper. Judge rules for prosecution of wild animal cruelty case. That's actually going to be next week, mostly as well. There's some stuff that we're pulling from it, but it's largely going to be next week. We have the MyrtleBeachSafari.com basically their website for his Myrtle Beach Safari Park. Again, that's mostly next next week. And we have the RollingStone.com article uh, from 2015 on Doc Antle and his Myrtle Beach Zoo. Are Uh, you ready? Yes. I thought that Rolling Stone article was going to be about Doc Antle's mixtape that he dropped. (laughs) (laughs) Called... Forgot uh, about Antle. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, but it was called God. I please hope that everyone forgets about Anton. <laughs> I've also been watching Succession, and I'm into the series, the the season where they're trying to cover up everything for the cruise ships. Oh my god! Where like they're they're then like the the like uh, congressional hearings and stuff, and I'm just like, oh boy, this is yikes. Um, <laughs> so when we left off last week, Rada Hirsch. Uh, had 
been involved in a statutory relationship with Doc Antle. He preyed on her and groomed her. And then one day while she was walking to school, he basically kidnapped her. And that's where we let off, left off. Uh, she did get in the car, but she's underage and I'm going to call it kidnapping. Fuck y'all. Uh, so as soon as Rada disappeared, her mom was like, I know exactly where she is. <laughs> like, I know what's up. So she calls Doc Antle and is just like, where the fuck is my kid? And he's like, I don't know. Uh, maybe she ran away because you treated her badly. You should check the homeless shelters. Which I'm just like, what? Like, that's A, that's such a cruel thing to say to someone's mother. You know where their child is. But also, that's, you're terrible at lying. Yeah. <laughs> She's bad. Um, but Rada's mom has no choice. So she puts up missing posters and includes a personal note on the posters. She loses her job because she spends all this time trying to find Rada and basically isn't doing her. She's like crying on the phone at work and they just let her go. It was real sad. That is, um, that is one of the saddest things I've ever heard. But And I'm sorry to laugh at this. There is a part of me that's just imagining somebody on the phone being like, I'm here to tell you about your car's extended warranty. Here's what's crazy so like i know someone where something very similar happened to them and unfortunately their family member that went with went missing was found deceased very sad oh yeah but this was current and they were constantly on the phone having to like talk to the police talk to their private investigator talk to the coroner like all of that and it becomes like a full-time job like it's really, really rough. And so I could definitely see how it could impact your your work. Thankfully, their workplace was like, hey, we're going to give you just time off. Yeah. <laughs> like we're gonna, here, Here's your uh, extended leave time off. We'll see you. When we see you, we're not firing you because that would make us feel bad. But like, you know, we yeah. just can't have you screaming and crying in the office. I get the, I get the, you know, it, it suffers with the work, but the fact to just fire somebody, that's so fucked. It's so cruel. Now, mind you, this is the 80s. So, like, yeah, okay. you know. Uh, so, meanwhile, Rada is right outside D.C., and uh, Doc Antle has put her up in an Econo Lodge, <laughs> and he just leaves her there during the day for a month. She's just, like, chilling watching daytime TV and she basically said she was super bored and at a certain point she decided that she had to call her mom and let her know that she was okay so that her mom would stop worrying but again this is the 80s so she calls collect and there's the operator interrupts in the middle of the phone call to be like do you want to continue this call whatever and her mom tells the operator, my daughter's been kidnapped. Please trace this call. Where is it coming from? And because she called collect, they were able to at least trace where the call was. Ooh. And so now her mom knows she's on the East Coast. She doesn't know exactly like they can't like geolocation. It's this motel in this room. But she knows that she's in like the D.C. metro area, which is close enough to Yogaville that she kind of knows that that's probably where she is. Is there, did they, did they not try looking at a computer screen and yelling enhance? Because I enhance. feel. Yeah. Enhance. Click, 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 click. Enhance. Enhance. I feel like that's how 80% of, of crimes are solved. 
Yeah, usually I, I would say you're right. Um, one of my favorite bits about that is in the community episode, the one that's like Law and Order themed. Oh yeah, where where Brit is like, and with these buttons, I can make it old Western tones. <laughs> so she immediately knows that she's that she's given her position away. And so as soon as Doc Antle gets to the motel that evening, she's like, hey, I called my mom. I think we have to move hotels. And he's fucking pissed. <laughs> I think because he's just like, all you had to do was keep quiet in this motel while I made up a plan. What yeah, if? and it's the 80s. There's so much fun things to do. I left you with a Rubik's Cube, with a pile yeah. of cocaine, a with hoverboard. Crystal Pepsi. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> uh, so they take her out of the hotel, the, the motel. Holiday Inn. Yeah, if your girl's doc's acting up, then you take her friends. But that's exactly what happened in this situation. Oh, Remember no! that she was friends with the other teens. Now, after they take her out of the motel, they cut and change her hair, and they ask her to choose a new identity. So she says that for the brief time that she was at St. Monica's, that Catholic school, mm-hmm. she met a girl and she thought she had like the coolest name. It sounded like a movie star, Chantal Rivera. I know it's spicy. I like it. So she chooses that as her new name. And then she goes to live on the Buckingham zoo. Now here's the thing. Everyone else that lived on the zoo knew her before. (laughs) Like these are all of her friends from Yogaville. These are all her (laughs) friends from like, when she was previously involved with Doc Antle as a teen. Uh, and Doc Antle shows up with her and is like, this is Chantal. She's new. And they're <laughs> like, um, um, what? And he's like, you have to call her Chantal. And they're like, we know who she is, bro. Like, yeah. And he's like, you have to call her Chantal because the police are definitely listening. They have bugged our house and they're going to come looking for her because he is paranoid oh my god again just imagine walking (laughs) somebody walking up to you and just being like hi i'm Chantel," and they have to just be like no you're not what are you talking about it's like if i showed up like one day and was just like thank you for tuning into cold podcast i'm Chantel rivera and you were like what and i was like what are you talking about i'm the new host like that's how crazy this is yeah that no one would expect yeah yeah, and plus, no one actually knows this, but Paige Wesley is a stage name. Her yeah. real name is Chantel Rivera. <laughs> Rivera. Um, but also, there have actually been multiple Paige Wesleys. Uh, every time you get killed in the line of duty, mm-hmm. a new person assumes the name Paige Wesley, and the original Paige Wesley has been living like a king in Patagonia. Yeah. Uh, it's like 007. <laughs> one day, yeah, the old exactly. Paige is going to show up, and it's going to yeah, be yeah, fun. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, and I'm going to teach that new Paige Wesley what's what. <laughs> My favorite Paige Wesley was Sean Connery. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't. That, guy, uh, that, one, that, that bond was especially rapey now that I think about it. He's especially rapey uh, and has the most misogynist one-liners. And for some reason, that's why it makes me laugh so much. And it shouldn't. <laughs> it's not great. It's it's bad, but there's a part of me that's just like ah, ha, 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 the '60s. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, back to the '80s. <laughs> so everyone's like, "That's our friend Rada," and he's like, "Chantal," and they're like, "Okay, Chantal, great." Uh, 
And he kept telling them that if they referred to her as Rada, the cops would show up. But what he didn't think about was the fact that she's a missing person. And her mom knows where he lives. So, like, of course the cops are going to show up. It's the dumbest thing in the world. So the cops do show up, but they don't have a warrant because there's no tangible proof that she's there. It's basically the mom's hunch. So they show up to question them at the zoo and they are met with guns where every person on the zoo basically gets a shotgun, stands at the gate and they're like, you're not coming in. Bring us a warrant or else. And they can't get a warrant. So they fucking turn around and Chantal Rivera lives to train tigers another day. So like there is a couple opportunities where people are like, we know she's there, but we can't get to her, which is infuriating. Like if you're the mom, this is like maddening. I do want to say this. The, the people on the zoo had a, I would say like, a duty like a civic or maybe just human duty moral to, i would say yeah. a moral duty yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've said moral duty and it just sounds like a piece of shit that's real not it's mr hanky is it's a moral mr. Hankey. duty he's like uh, do yeah. the right thing bring a <laughs> they, tail yeah <laughs> all of these people had a mr hanky to report to the police that this missing person is here and that they be, right. i mean even with context clues of her you know being Chantel, if we say that she's Rada, the cops are going to show up. You should definitely call the police. That yeah. being said, they are in the wrong for not, you know, doing the right thing. That being said, being able to point a gun at a law enforcement officer and be like, I'm physically in the right. Get the fuck off my property. That's badass, dude. Well, here's what I will say. With the exception of uh, one or two people at the zoo, mm-hmm. most of the people there are teenagers. Oh, aside no. from dog yeah and now granted that that might mean 18 19 you know or whatever mm-hmm. but he's got one or two people that are closer to his age he's got occasionally steven diamond is there but steven diamond is young as well uh remember he was the teenager teenage magician that he kind of sent overseas mm-hmm. and then you have some of the other girls sumati and some of the other girls and his wife betsy so like there's a lot of teens there, and so I I can't fault most of them for wanting to whistle blow when they are kind of in the same position. Like, I understand, and yes, especially the adults there had a moral imperative to like, yeah. hey, teen bride. Um, but yeah, it's complicated because it's dicey shit's going down at the zoo, as we're going to find out. Yeah, God, you are, and you are completely right. By the way, yeah, if they, I didn't, yeah, given the context, yeah. of course, yeah, yeah. But like they, you said, yeah. any adult that's there, like, dude, come on, come yeah. on, you know it's wrong, right? Yeah, and and we're going to cover one of those adults in this episode because he dies while in while he's working at the zoo, uh, and he, I think, is in a very different position where. Everyone who's there, Doc Antle is controlling in some way. And in his case, he is being, I would say, abused financially. 
and is kind of trapped there and also has known Doc Antle since them running marijuana planes like we talked about in episode one. And so I think there's some degree of secret secrets. I I can't tell his secret. He'll tell mine. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot at play here. But yeah, so she she does not get turned over to the police, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, she calls her mom about a month later and is like, hey, just wanted to let you know, you don't have to worry about me anymore because we're married now. And her mom is like, um, first of all, he's still married to someone else. Secondly, you're 15. And what they had done is forged her father's signature on a marriage license in a different state because this predates a national system. Mm -hmm. So they have what is effectively a fake marriage license. Like if it were to go to actual court, it would not hold up. Um, because he is still married to Betsy and her parents didn't actually sign off on it. But allow me to soapbox for a second. No parents should be signing off on their children getting married under 18. Fuck yeah. that noise. There's no reason to get married before 18. Not a single one. Not a single one. And child marriage is everywhere. Just you know saying. what? I'm going to take it a step forward, uh, a step further and say that there's no reason to get married before 65. All right. I'm just going <laughs> to well, go ahead okay. and put hey, it out there. Hey, I did that. Um... Yeah. And you're kind of a fucking dumbass, aren't you? <laughs> the dread pirate Wesley. You're not no, even, you're you know not even it... the page Wesley that got married. Okay. <laughs> That's true. That was some other bitch, but like <laughs> I'm having a good time. Um, uh, no, anyway no 65 that's when you get married that's the perfect age because it's like okay i know what i like i know who i am as a person i'm happy with myself it took and- you 65 years to learn it yeah Paige. i'm very depressed <laughs> and then i get i get to happiness and then i get married at 65 and it's like okay even even if it's a bad marriage I'm only alive for like another 15 years. So like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, Anyway, her mom is now faced with a difficult position as are many of the parents in our deprogramming series. She's kind of in that same space where even though these documents are not real, like they're, they're not going to hold up in court. They're going to present problems from for her to take her daughter back. Because if anyone believes them, that's going to put a roadblock there. And so she called a friend and her friend gave her the advice of like, you can drive there and drag her back kicking and screaming and she'll hate you for it. Because right now she doesn't see a problem with where she's at. But if you let her know that you're supportive and you're there for her, one day she's going to want to come home and you want her to be able to pick up the phone and say that she's coming home, and for you to just immediately rescue her, essentially. Mm -hmm. Which is a super tough decision to make because she's a fucking teenager and is being abused. But at the same time, it ends up working out. I I mean, because she's underage, I don't know if I could have made that same decision. I mean, I would have really struggled with it if it was my kid. But at the same time... This is like the people who have to kind of examine whether or not they're going to deprogram somebody. Do you want to drag them out of a situation 
that may make them go back and go back harder, deeper, faster than ever before? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to be there when they're ready to leave and they've gotten to a point where they have realized that for themselves and are going to leave permanently? Yeah. So it's difficult. It's a and difficult that's, choice. That's something that we've, you know, covered a lot. And um, I'm actually willing to amend my married at 65 thing for, <laughs> for this because, okay, no, hear me out. Okay. I still think you should get married only after you turn 65. But I think you should have children when you're 19. So that way, when they're a teenager, you're still in the prime fighting condition of your life. And you can go wherever they are and beat the shit out of anyone who's trying to kidnap them Liam Neeson style. There you go. I mean, that that's true. Because like, if I, if I had a baby right now, then by mm-hmm. the time that baby is her age, I will be like 49 like almost 50 years old Mm -hmm. and i'm my back hurts now so like you know yeah see that's what i'm saying i had if i had a baby at 18 when they were 15 i would have been what is that 33 uh Mm -hmm. i think yeah 33 I mean, I would have had to, I'm going to have to stretch before, you know, maybe, maybe like spend a day just kind of like retracing the steps, go to the gym for a week. But then I'm on the road, baby, and I'm kicking Doc Antle's fucking ass, homie. I'm going to have to compensate by just getting fucking strapped. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody know where I can buy a grenade launcher for my fictional child? (laughs) anyway so she basically agrees to disagree and Mm -hmm. is like i don't like it but it's the way it is and i want to continue to have a relationship with you as my daughter so i'll call off the search essentially and she does so this is how things continue at the buckingham zoo for a few years now once they're married she is able to drop her pseudonym Chantal. Uh, she does go by Rada. There's footage of her on like local news broadcasts and things as Rada. Now, here's what's even crazier. That means the local news came out and we're and he's like, "This is my wife." And they're like, "I'm sorry, isn't that a fucking 15 year old?" And he's like, "No, it's my wife Rada." And they're like, "Put it on the news." <laughs> like, they didn't. <laughs> nobody noticed anything was wrong. Also, okay, at this time, he's still married to Betsy, right? Technically, although she is in the process of getting a divorce at Ah, the moment, there's something else that plays into it, and I will... I dug deep. The the documentary talks about it, and I was like, I need to know more. So I did some digging. We'll get to it. I am excited to hear about it. But for a second, I thought that Doc Antle was just running into the room being like, don't watch the news. It's it's poison. It's ruining the, it's the country. No, she knows and has known. She starts divorce proceedings not long after he and Brada start dating. Um, but he had financial control of her assets mm-hmm. and she had a family inheritance and he was basically spending it or stashing it so she didn't have money for a divorce this guy is Uh, such a fucking piece of garbage yeah uh this is also why like uh, this is a thing where like people have different views not everyone has to believe the same way i do uh have your own bank account yeah like 
Just saying. Like, I'm not afraid that my husband is going to try and, like, keep me in my house. That's not a fear that I have. But I also have the ability to make financial moves and changes whenever I need to. Just saying. I, I, I fully understand people may disagree with me on this. But I'm just, you know, I've studied too many cults. And that's yeah. why we have our own bank accounts. Yeah, I've heard way too many stories of, of married We know couples. what money's in it, you know. Yeah. But like, yeah, but I have my own. Yeah, I've heard way too many stories of married couples who who had a joint bank account and then one of them starts spending it on a new girlfriend and mm-hmm. it's just like, dude, go fuck yourself. You're a garbage human being. Yeah, well, and and here's the thing. I fully understand also that in order to have a successful marriage and relationship, you have to be open about what your finances are. Mm-hmm. And so everyone has to kind of be on the same page. So I'm not saying like nobody knows what's in the bank accounts. I'm just saying we have our own with our own access to stuff anyway. Yeah. So that's what's that's also going on at the same time is she's actively trying to A, get some of her money back and B, get a divorce. But at the same time, Doc Antle starts to make a lot more money in ads so we covered last time that he had done the exxon put a tiger in your tank ad oh my god it's still so stupid (laughs) i i will say uh the uh a a family friend the woman who married us texted me after that episode it was like guys used to use it as a pickup line like can i put a tiger in your tank and i'm like that's terrible Ah. (laughs) it's the worst thing ever can I put a tiger in your tank? <laughs> because it's a uh, fucking hairy as shit and also stripes. <laughs> it's got stripes. I don't, I don't know, know why. The doctors can't figure out what's wrong with me. They call it a Dr. Seuss hat dick. And I don't know oh. what I'm doing. Oh, jeez. Uh, we call that the spin doctor special. <laughs> oh, I got a dick like a seersucker suit, baby. What's up? <laughs> I was going to say this earlier, and I'm really sorry, but did anyone ever use that as a pickup line for you? Is uh, <laughs> Look, I'm just trying to say, I think we should all be on the same page. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, never anyone that I got involved with. <laughs> not, not a single person ever uh, that i've ever enacted interacted with in a romantic way no it's good it's just it's nice to know i have the same brain as a scumbag you know it's you do you do uh i'm just waiting for the day when people realize that a million and a half people have told the same like roast joke of like page more like chapter or like more like the whole book and i'm like god 15 different people have told this joke oh be more creative calling you out page more like uh brochure because it's it's because because that page got folds oh shit yes got him fucking roasted oh new spin on an old joke more like brochure like hey you want to hit that fat chick brochure (laughs) sorry this is terrible page wesley roast champion thank you uh so Uh, Doc Antle was getting into ads, but not just commercials, print media as well, because people wanted tigers in their ads. And they're like, do you know a guy who has a tiger? And they're like, I don't know a guy who has a tiger. 
And so he becomes like <laughs> one of the places to get a tiger I just for your wanna, ads. I want to live a life in where somebody who needs a tiger comes to me and goes, yeah, Armando probably knows a guy with a tiger. <laughs> I, I feel like if people assume I know someone with a tiger, my life has gone wrong. <laughs> I don't know. There was a period of time. I'm pretty sure I talked about it on the show before, but there was a period of time where a guy who lived in the building that I live in had a, 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 a crocodile in his, or no, not a crocodile, an alligator in his bathroom and a pet monkey also. And he was evicted. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. You can't be Doc Antle in a fucking Los Angeles building. Are you fucking crazy? Oh my god, that's nuts! But I feel like if 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 they're like Paige knows a guy with a tiger, it's because I've gotten super into cocaine. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you're ever like, I bet she knows a tiger person. Check me into rehab. Uh, <laughs> things have gone. Things have made a turn. Uh, it's bad. I feel like I'm only yeah. I feel I'm already at like snake level. You know, like if anyone was like, Hey, I Armando, do you know somebody with cool. a snake? Yeah totally i know so many snake people let me I get actually in i do know a couple snake people but i also i jake hates snakes so he, <gasps> he won't let me have one but i think snakes are very cool snakes are um and i yeah if we ever have an office where we can have an office pet let's get a fucking snake dude. absolutely i'm getting a rosy boa and i'm gonna call her Rosie, and i'm gonna love her forever and uh damn Rosie. But yeah, I feel like I'm only two or three years away from knowing somebody with a tiger. That was my whole point. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, so they're actually making a fair amount of money on this, these ads, and they're getting a fair amount of exposure. So this is where Doc Antle gets an idea. And as we know from the previous episode and, and the beginning of this episode, his ideas are not like great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, his idea was to develop a G-rated movie called, originally he calls it Cubs. Um, it eventually gets called The Great Tiger Cub Adventure. And according to him, he hires an Academy Award winning director. And he says that Disney was allegedly interested. We'll get to that later. The Great Tiger Cub Adventure is... T terrible like there there's video of it in the documentary you can find some other clips of it online it's all narration so there's no like dialogue in the movie it's hmm. just like visuals with a narrator and it's like it was a beautiful summer day and everyone came to the magic show where marvelous marvin did his tricks and you're just like this is one step above baby einstein <laughs> like it's terrible um Super terrible. But the big thing about the Great Tiger Cub Adventure is he decides that he's going to get the entire town and their children to be extras in this film. How? By making them invest in it so they pay to make it. So he gathers a lot of children as extras. And some of these extras are almost as old as Rada. And the documentary does interview these people who are now adults. And they're just like, yeah, she did seem young. <laughs> Which is oof. Um, but he sells everyone kind of a bill of goods. He's never made a movie before. He's only done ads, but he's only on the performer side, kind of with the animals. He's, he's not producing ads, so he doesn't really know what he's doing. And he gives them like a cost breakdown of how they can make this movie for 500 grand is what Ooh. he basically tells them. Ah. Thank you. 
Thank you. That's it's very difficult to make a movie for under a million dollars and to have it to be an actual movie. Yeah. For for reference, I work for a YouTube channel that makes yeah. YouTube videos and a, and an, an exceptionally like an exceptionally big YouTube video can cost anywhere between like eight to twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. And that's for like I don't know fifteen minutes, no animation, like you know simple shit shooting in a studio with modern technology back that that's fucking insane 500,000 because that's 500,000 to pay for all the crew Mm -hmm. pay for all the equipment Mm -hmm. pay for crafty pay for anyone who's going to like be in the movie care for all of the animals which by the way it costs thousands of dollars a week to feed his tigers like yeah thousands and thousands um to also get insurance on the production which we'll get to that in a bit uh <laughs> it 500,000 is not going to cover what he allegedly wants to do but the townspeople don't know that because they're just in Buckingham Virginia they they've never you know just as he has never made a movie they've never been in one they don't know he also tells them that like they're going to film portions of the movie here and then Disney's going to take over and Kevin Bacon's going to be in it. <laughs> I forgot I forgot what time it was. Yeah. And why and that's like a huge selling that's point. That's a huge selling point. And he tells everyone about it. Uh, the only person he didn't tell was Kevin Bacon uh, because <laughs> it's not going to happen. Kevin Bacon never knew about this. No, 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 um, no. You misunderstood me. I said it was going to star Kevin's Bacon. Yeah, it's this guy it's right I know. Here. It's Bacon. He makes a killer breakfast. Yeah. And part of the story is that like kids find abandoned tigers in a field in a cage. And I'm like, what are the odds? And he's like, it's this private zoo that's kind of evil. And I was like, hmm, write what you know, huh? And then (laughs) they like take it to the magic show. It's like a whole thing. But essentially, he gets all of the Hold townspeople. On. I'm sorry. Did you say the phrase, take them to the magic show? Yeah, because it's Marvelous Marvin's mag- magic show. It's like. <sighs> That's amazing. Also, that is the only line I'm ever going to use from here on out is just, hey, baby, you want me to take you to the magic show? <laughs> I'll take you to the magic show. I'll slice you in half with a chainsaw and it doesn't rhyme. <laughs> Uh, anyway, just pulling up your hand and being like, is this your G spot? (laughs) (laughs) Just call me the King of hearts. Uh, so, so Kevin Bacon's not coming and he gets everyone in the town to put their money in for points on the back end. Now, if you have never worked in the industry before, and someone tells you, like, we're going to make a movie, we're going to release it, it's going to be amazing, you might be willing to take points on the back end because you get a, you think it's going to be awesome. Except that they never release the movie. So, like, there is no points on the back end. He just took your money and wasted it on something that never comes out. Uh, and depending on whose parents had put stock in the movie, he would, like, add and remove kid extras. <laughs> like... I guess if you want to touch the tiger, your parents have to put in for the movie, which is ridiculous. Um, now, according to Doc Antle, part of the reason the movie is bad is because their Oscar winning filmmaker that they hired fell off the wagon and started drinking in the middle of it. 
and then it's just a comedy of errors and it goes off the rails did they now, did they really have an oscar nominated director? i'm glad you asked armando because here's the thing the netflix documentary does not delve into this claim uh-huh. and i think perhaps they were like there's no way this is true and so they didn't look into it I don't know. Or maybe this hit the cutting room floor. But I'm like, he keeps saying Academy Award winning, Oscar winning filmmaker. I have to know who this is. I need to find out. And oh, thus begins my rabbit hole for this episode. <laughs> also, a lot of the money that he's uh, essentially kind of like holding from Betsy's accounts is going into this movie. That's part of well, like she's trying to get the divorce. It's like a whole thing. Anyway. Okay. So I found the director. His name is Robert P Davis. Uh, that doesn't sound familiar. I'm sure. Well, he won an Oscar in 1961 for a short film. He made called day of the painter. That's it. Uh, following that Oscar, he wrote a full length screenplay for a movie called the pilot. I'd like to read you the description of that movie now. Mm-hmm. Mike Hagen is a pilot in passenger service and candidate for the honor best pilot of the year. Nobody knows that he's got private sorrows. He's an alcoholic. A stewardess notices his regular visits to the toilet and reports it. That's the description. Okay. So it's like flight, but he never does the cool flip. Right. Exactly. Now that movie gets made. Uh, He doesn't direct it, but his screenplay gets produced. And the main character ends up being played by an actor named Cliff Robertson, who is in a few different things. Most notably, Cliff Robertson played Uncle Ben in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Oh, shit. (laughs) That was his last role before he died. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, Now, Robert P. Davis also wrote a TV movie called The Final Descent. I'd like to read the description to you again. A commercial pilot is forced to keep a plane aloft that was struck midair by another plane to keep it from ripping apart, even as the fuel is running out and the air and cabin pressure are dropping. Now, this actually has a few famous people in it, and it did get made. It is a TV movie. One of them is John DeLancey, who played Q from Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah. But also a man named Robert Urich, who was on the love boat for a long time. And also a ton of wild 80s movies, most of them made for TV. I wanted to highlight one in particular. It's 1984's The Ice Pirates. And the tagline for the movie is, you have to be there to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's actually perfect because you said Ice Pirates. And I went, what the fuck does that mean? You got to be there to see it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, All right. (laughs) When I tell you that the poster... Makes just as little sense. I mean, it's just an 80s poster of like action, guns, (laughs) ice pirates. I actually, I found a, uh, looks like I found a description here. Uh, Ice pirates. A commercial pilot with an alcohol problem. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think this guy, do you think this guy ever saw flight? And was like, ah, damn it. I was so close. (laughs) Do you think he potentially has an alcohol problem and was getting his pilot license? Yeah, I do. I do think that. 
Um, all I'm saying is, so his only Oscar is for a short film almost 30 years before this. So, like, I to call him an Oscar-winning director is, while accurate, not the whole story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and I don't know if this is a case of him being like, I want an Oscar, and Doc Antle being like, well, fucking sign me up, and kind of Doc Antle got screwed on this. Or if this is a case of Doc Antle hiring who he could afford and then telling everyone that he won an Oscar to make it seem legitimate. I'm not sure which one. I feel like it's more the second one. I feel like sometimes you sometimes you get a good deal on something and everyone else is like, hey, that kind of sucks. And you're like, mm-hmm. no, this couch is great. I only paid $50 for it. And everyone else is like, yeah, I see why. It's already sunk in where my butt goes. Yeah, this couch um, won an Oscar 30 years ago. <laughs> I don't know if you know, this couch was in the department. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, anyway, so <sighs> it's not the amazing crew that he's making out to be. No one has connections to Kevin Bacon. Disney's not involved in this at all. Or at least if they are, it's because he did some ads for Disney or, or a Disney affiliate, I would say, and was just like, I'm making the Great Tiger Cub Adventure. And they're like, good for you. And he's like, Disney wants it. <laughs> like, we know a million people who have done shit like that. So yeah. it's not going great um, once production starts because they're dealing with tigers and tigers that are like, some of the tigers are trained for the ads, but they would only take specific tigers. Not all of the tigers are trained. So... They also don't have proper containment. So tigers are breaking out. Uh, They bite a guy during filming. He's fine. Um, And they come to find out that they had insurance on both the animals and all the camera equipment, but not on the actors. Oh, my God. Who are, like, up close and personal with a tiger. When anyone voiced any concerns, Doc Antle would be like, hey, any child movie with animals sells big. Which, here's the thing. He's not wrong. Like, the, like he's full of shit, but that statement is not, if that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, everyone in the town thinks they're going to be paid for their work on the movie or famous, but neither of those happen because the movie never gets released. And any payout that happens would have gone to Doc Antle because it would have paid off, like, air quotes, expenses first. And around this time, and... In reference to this project, the documentary has a really good quote from Stephen Di- Steve Diamond. Stephen Diamond? It, that's probably a fake name anyway. Stephen Diamond. Uh, where? No, Paige. That's his <laughs> God-given birth name. It's me, Jennifer Ruby. Uh, so <laughs> uh, he said, nothing good comes from being associated with him and he will damage you. If there's money to be made, you're not going to be the one to make it. Which basically, I mean, that tends to be what happens for kind of the rest of his business dealings. But specifically, Stephen Diamond's on the receiving end of this. We talked a little bit last week about his contract to go to Korea and do three shows seven days a week and special VIP performances. And he was working almost 18 hours a day and not making any money. And as a result, and probably due to some genetics, his hair starts falling out. And 
Doc didn't like it. And so he forced him to get hair extensions that they glued directly to his scalp. Which, by the way, is not how hair extensions are supposed to work. What? All of this? What? Yeah. Uh, mind you, Doc has a long mane of natural hair that is like his thing. So I think this is just a, a personal weird control thing. Um, but anyway, it results in this really weird mullet. And he would sweat during shows and like hair, like tendrils of hair would fall out into the audience. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to laugh at the man because it's not his fault he goes bald also going bald is fine dude it's a fine look you don't have to glue shit to your head and also i don't think like you said you're not i don't think you're supposed to glue it to your head you're not and and i am here to say hey bald can be beautiful because like we did demon night for horror virgin the other day Mm -hmm. and uh it's like young bald billy zane and i am here for it yeah Um, i've seen beautiful bald men and beautiful bald women i've seen i've seen some gorgeous bald women yeah um anyway all this time the divorce is still ongoing it takes over a year for her to get the divorce finalized and she does while that's happening Doc actually meets the guy who will eventually write the four-hour-long tour show for their Myrtle Beach Zoo later on. Um, They've been using it for years. I can't imagine four hours of tigers, but apparently. Anyway, he doesn't super trust Doc. Doesn't want to hear about his woman problems. doesn't Doesn't want to live at the zoo. He wants to stay out of it. Uh, And so he agrees to split profits on any merchandise that they get. And he says that it's never enough to live on, but he was told that it was to help animals. So he agreed to it. And we'll get to that part in part three, because there's some questions about those charities, Mm. but that's a part three question. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Anyway, back to Rada. Rada is over it. She is not having fun because she's a fucking teenager. (laughs) Like she wants to be a teenager. And as they were going out on these advertising jobs, she was getting offers for modeling jobs Mm -hmm. where like she'd be the one sitting with a tiger or she'd be the one kind of walking through the scene in a commercial. And so she kept getting at like offers for modeling work and he wouldn't let her take any of it. And so she was really disappointed. Uh, I think it's because he doesn't want people looking at her. Yeah. And I I think he thought that they might find out she was underage and any sort of having to verify her was potential for it to kind of, you know, blow up in his face. My thing is, is the idea that somebody that you that you like gets an Mm -hmm. opportunity that is something that they're super excited about and not acting like super happy and enthusiastic about like you know that kind of shit happening and then i'm realizing that i'm trying to like use rational thinking on why doc antle does shitty stuff you can't it's impossible yeah you can't apply logic to the creator of the great tiger club adventure (laughs) (laughs) what do you do what are you even trying to do anyway so one of the big contentious points in their relationship was her ability to get a driver's license. She wanted one. He wouldn't allow her to have one. She's old enough to get one. So she goes and gets a driver's license anyway. 
and he's super angry about it. But her mom is like, yeah, you should get that driver's license. It might come in handy someday. Like, because her mom had kind of played it nice, they still had a relationship. They still talked. And so her mom was able to just like, yeah, I don't see why you shouldn't get a driver's license (laughs) and just kind of like feed into it. So one night, Doc Antle, according to Rada, confides in her that he was attracted to her when she was as young as 11. It makes her extremely uncomfortable. And she basically was like, I can't be, this is so disgusting to me. I can't be here anymore. And so she waited for him to start cycling her out of jobs, like away jobs, and cycling in the next girl who was of age, it seems. Her name is Dawn, and she looks of age. I'm not 100%. She's not in the documentary. She's not easy to track down. Um, She appears to be of age. Can't verify. Meanwhile, Rada is 17 years old. She waits for him to be off on a job with Dawn. She calls her mom and is like, I'm leaving. We're driving out tonight. And her mom is like, come on home, babe. Let's do this. (laughs) Like, I've been waiting. Let's do it. So Rada goes directly to the bank and clears out all of their money. (laughs) Oh, shit. The one bonus to that combined bank account. She takes all of it. And she says that it's not a lot of money. He had a bunch of other accounts for business and stuff. This is just their personal one that they shared. Um, And she was like, it's not enough, but it's enough for them to fund their trip to go. Mm -hmm. Then they drove to the zoo and apparently he kept a bedroom at the zoo. And so she ransacks the zoo for everything that was hers and gets to the bedroom and finds another woman's perfume and a vibrator in the nightstand. So she knows he was already cheating on her. So she took all of the clothes in the closet and all the perfumes, dumped them on the bed, poured them all out, and then turned the vibrator on, threw it on the bed, and left. <laughs> Damn, Fucking girl. G. I love her. That is, uh, like, that is like the breakup equivalent of pouring gasoline and then lighting the match. <laughs> like, I almost see I honestly, her. she like, it's enough perfume that I'm like, you could have lit it. You could have, but then it might have burned down the zoo and, you know, whatever. Yeah. But that's Um, what I felt like when she probably turned on the vibrator and just, like, threw it behind her as she walked away in slow motion. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, She said that the whole time they were driving, she was just praying that those batteries lasted till he got home. (laughs) So that it would still be just, like, across the bed. Oh, my God. Great. So good. So she and her friend take turns driving and they make it from Virginia to California in like two and a half, three days. Wow. Almost impossible. They didn't stop. They were just like pedal to the metal. And he finally calls and is like, where are you? And she's like, I'm in California. And he's like, that's that's physically impossible <laughs> because it was that fast. And she said, just wait till you get the credit card receipts. Like, so <laughs> brave. <laughs> So and she took a bunch of his stuff, too, so that he wouldn't come after her, where she basically would like, if you come after me, I'll destroy X because mm-hmm. I have it. The other teenage girls who kind of knew her from Yogaville and heard about this because they're 17 at the same time. As they heard about this, they were like, 
fuck yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> you are amazing. Because now, those girls, this is three years later, Sumati actually has Doc Antle's child, who's like three, but they are completely estranged. She's working at a computer store. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Sachi, who was actually kind of more with one of Doc Antle's friends, this is right around she's been excommunicated from Yogaville, but she's still in contact with those people. And so they all kind of get this like, yes, like she got it. Like she actually got him like, fuck. Yeah, because now they're getting old enough to understand kind of what happened to them. So the other girls in interviews, when they talk about kind of watching Rada escape, they they all have kind of their own stories of how they got out for Sumati. It was working at that computer store and kind of finding a way to make her own money and not be tied to him or to Yogaville. And she says one of the things that saved her was having her child because she was like, I I could choose to have someone treat me badly, but I would never choose to have someone treat my child badly. So I had to keep him safe. So now we're going to kind of backtrack a tiny bit because we have to talk about Mark Topping. Now, if you remember from the first episode, Mark Topping was one of the ones working in marijuana with Doc Antle back in Arizona who ends up in Virginia. This next story we're going to go through all happens at the same time as Rada coming back, being Chantal, and then escaping. So Mark ends up at the zoo and he's in a lot of the magic videos. He becomes essentially second in command. But things had started to sour and he sent letters back to his siblings and even visited them at one point and handed them a letter. And on the back, it just says, don't trust Bhagavan. Now, this is one of the places where I really kind of take issue with the Netflix documentary and how they portray this. Um, Mark tragically dies. And the documentary definitely tries to portray this as like, did Bhagavan have something to do with it? And the answer is no. There were witnesses, and we're going to go over it in just a second, but, like, that's why you kind of have to pull extra sources and, and stuff, because the documentary is going to sensationalize what they can, and a lot of the stuff we've talked about before with the younger girls and some of the other business dealings, there are other sources reporting on those. That's We have kind of verified a lot of that. This, they really play as if he's like, did he murder him? No, he didn't. But we do need to talk about the role Mark played in this enterprise. He also was a part of the great Tiger Cub adventure. Uh, he was one of the people handling on screen. And Doc Antle referred to him as Mealworm. That was his nickname. And it's not great. He doesn't treat him well. It's very upsetting, I would say. Because he really views Doc Antle kind of in almost like a guru sense, because Doc Antle provides a place for him to live and a place for him to work while he's on the run. And that's kind of why he feels, I think, indebted to him. Um, but just like Doc Antle is promising the world to other people, he does it to Mark as well. And so he helps him train tigers or teaches him to train tigers, although he has no formal training himself. He teaches them his method. He tells him that they're going to make a television series and that the first 28 episodes are going to take years. And I'm like, good Lord. Fucking. Okay. First of all, yeah. your max season order is 22. 
Like, even in the 80s. <laughs> like, I, you could potentially have longer orders, but 28 is not one of those numbers. Like, that's not a thing. Also, if a TV show takes years, they don't make it unless it's Game of Thrones. Absolutely. Like, and even Game of Thrones doesn't have 28 episode seasons because that'd be fucking nuts. And also, um, they, I mean, that. This is just such a stupid point and everything we've said, yes. But also, like, this is the 80s. They don't care about TV the same way. TV should be cheap and easy to make. Yeah, 100%. Um, but they shoot a lot of footage for it. So they shoot Mark riding a zebra. And Mark really ends up loving the animals. And he becomes one of the primary people kind of training the animals for the ads. So they have the Exxon ad. They have a McDonald's ad. It's like a whole... They're actually doing really, really well. And around this time, Bhagavan meets a guy named Carl Mitchell. So Carl Mitchell was an animal trainer who'd been working in the industry for a long time. He had lived in both California and New York. He is a veteran of the industry. Mm -hmm. And they end up on some of the same shoots because in some shoots, they needed multiple animals. Not all of them are animals that either one of them have. But he actually has more experience and had learned to train some of these animals and was trying to give Bhagavan notes and Doc Antle is just like, fuck you, you don't know anything. And he was like, oh, he's just a spoiled rich kid, king of the lettuce empire. But Mark was actually really willing to learn. So Carl and Mark really kind of strike up a friendship when they end up together on sets. Carl tells a story in the documentary of a shoot they did in the 1980s in South America. While they were there allegedly they found out about a bumper crop of cocaine and they found a way to get it to Florida. Yes. Uh, this is going to be important later. And they tried to get Carl in on this drug deal. And Carl's like, no, thank you. <laughs> that's not what I do. I train animals. Like that's not, I don't care about the drugs. Okay. Um, hold on. Yeah. I'm not into cocaine. I just want to get around a bunch of tigers. tigers. Yeah. Okay, buddy. Okay. Uh, again, this is his account. Um, yeah. I'm not into machetes. I, j or I just really like, uh, wait, fuck. I fucked it up. Danny Trejo. I, yeah. I get it. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not into cocaine. I just really like killing people with machetes and chainsaws <laughs> and hotel rooms in Miami. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so they also offer to have Carl come stay with, stay with them in Virginia, but they tell him that he had he would have to live by the rules. And they live like a vegetarian lifestyle, practice yoga, etc. And Carl's like, no, I'm going to eat cheeseburgers. <laughs> like, fuck you. But Mark really wants to learn how to train animals. So he goes on the road with them more often. And according to Sumati, for a time kind of during the changeover between her and Rada, she was, quote, the traveling mistress. And so Mark would drive while she and Doc Antle would have sex in the back seat. And she was like, I kind of felt bad about that because <laughs> like, it's really awkward. Yeah. And they said that Mark never complained, that he was very, very sweet and kind. Um, and he slept in a non-insulated trailer with a wolf dog that he had raised from being a puppy. And the only food he was allowed to eat was basically rice and beans. That's what Doc Antle provided. And he worked 24-7. And he finally starts writing letters to his family saying that he kind of wants out. He doesn't see a future for him here. He ends up going to Reno for a magic show. 
uh, that Carl had kind of helped broker. And at this point, he talks to Carl about wanting to get out and tells him that Doc Antle owes him money, particularly some of the money from that cocaine deal. So this is what kind of leads people to think that Doc Antle was involved in his death. He's not. It's a tragic coincidence, but like, it's not great. Uh, but there are a ton of accounts of Doc Antle stashing money. So Stephen Diamond actually saw him literally stash like a trash bag full of bills under one of the tape, like under one of the trailers. Uh, and Doc caught him and said, if you ever mention this again, you'll never see another sunrise. Um, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of a badass line though. I know. According to Mark, he was owed tens of thousands of dollars for his work, but also participation in some of those drug deals. Um, and he loved the animals, but he wanted to be able to have a life outside of it. And as we'll find out a lot more in episode three, when we go through it, if you work with Doc Antle and you work with his animals, that is your life. You do not get a life outside of it. He basically, you work 24 seven, essentially. And so Mark took some time off to visit his family in Arizona and was trying to find jobs and was planning on leaving and coming back. But he never gets to. In May of 1989, they film a commercial in the computer store where Sumati was working. And during that filming, it's been a couple years since Sumati and Doc had a relationship. And Sumati kind of avoids the commercial because it's awkward. Um, But she does run into Mark and he asks her out. And so they plan to go on a date a couple days later. As she's leaving... Doc Antle confronts her by the car and tells her that he's leaving Radha and I want to marry you, Sumati, a second time. So Radha's still there, hasn't escaped yet, and he's already like, I'm leaving her. Um, And Sumati says no, because nothing has changed. Uh, And didn't tell him about the date with Mark because she didn't want him to take it out on Mark, but she thinks that Mark may have told him. Who knows? Anyway, the day of their date arrives and Mark goes hiking before the date at Crabtree Falls. Now, there are witnesses to this. Uh, One of the first is the first responder, a man named Ty Ford and his daughter, Vanessa Ford, because they, as they're climbing up the trail, now Crabtree Falls is notoriously kind of a dangerous place to hike. And there are signs that are like, 23 people have died from this point. 31 people have died from this point. Please watch your footing. God damn. I feel bad for whoever had to put up the signs. I know, right? Well, apparently if you stay on the specific trail, you're okay. But if you try and like off-road, it's Mm -hmm. it's bad. Um, Anyway, a woman coming down the trail tells them, did you see that boy fall? He must be dead. He hit awful hard. And they look kind of over and they can see part of Mark's body. So they make their way down. And Ty Ford tries to kind of pull him out of the water and realizes that the entire back of his skull is gone. Ooh, fuck. Yeah. So he is very dead, but they do pull the body out and they're able to retrieve his wallet. And so they kind of find out who he is, but no one else seems to have seen it. There's not an investigation. They question whether or not he was pushed. However, later on, we do find out who was up there with them. And I do think that, Probably the reason there wasn't an investigation is I think that the people that were up there with um, Mark talked to the authorities as well. And they were able to kind of like, you know, close the case, I guess. Uh, Paul Lewis was the man who was there the day he died. And they took a motorcycle trip up. They hiked up. 
and they saw people rappelling down the mountain um, next to this kind of like waterfall and stuff. And he thinks Mark wanted to show off. So he kind of climbed a tree and was going to try and jump from one portion of the falls to another and get a finger hold and then climb up the mountain. He didn't get a finger hold. And so he leapt and missed it and fell to his death. Oh tragically. God. So it's not, there's no foul play. People saw it happen. It's, unfortunate it's devastating it's sad he was definitely treated badly by doc Antle, but doc Antle did not have any anything to do with his death like that's yeah you know i get what you're saying yeah it's doc Antle is a bad enough person on his own without you know false allegations right. of being shitty especially when we clearly know that this was a murder perpetrated by none other than carol fucking baskin <laughs> I didn't she forget. just did it. She she's covering up for big waterfall. Um, <laughs> now, part of the reason that kind of fueled those rumors is he doesn't come to the funeral. He doesn't talk to the family other than to call them and tell them what happened. They were expecting to get that call from the authorities, not him. Um, and they never see any of the money that he supposedly owed him. And so and they have that one envelope that says don't trust him <laughs> so like there's a lot of things where they're just like what and you know i think the family because they were far away didn't get the full story from the authorities which may have cleared things up um but yeah it's it's tragic i would say one of the reasons that i wanted to talk about it was just to illustrate how bad some of the conditions were at the zoo for people who worked there. And he was definitely one of those all again, this was happening while Rada's still there. But now that Rada's escaped, now that we're back to where we ended Rada's story, all of that changes. So with Rada's escape, they now have the, a, a reason, a credible reason to search the zoo. So Earl Wood, who's a police officer in Buckingham, Virginia, goes to serve a warrant and when he gets to the zoo it's completely chained shut there's a fence there's no one there and doc is in the wind he completely abandons the zoo he even leaves animals behind just roaming in their enclosures with no one to care for them and that's where we're going to end the episode today god damn Paige. yeah with him abandoning fucking innocent animals in a zoo. Yeah, I I mean, I watched the uh the Tiger King documentary, the first one. I haven't seen mm-hmm. the second one. But one thing that I got to feel like is probably being used here is like Doc Antle probably gets these people that he has working for him full time, 24 seven to get like super attached to the animals. And then you form this bond and you see how shitty he's willing to treat the animals. So now these people like want to stay even more because it's not just about you. You're also the only person who gives a shit about these animals. Oh, we will talk about that in episode three Okay, because he does some very specifically cruel things two animals because of the people attached to them see where he's telling the people that this is to break your attachment like so that you shouldn't have attachments in life and it's just cruel like it's it's cruel it's gross fucked (laughs) up yeah he's just i mean that's the thing is he really is like 
a cult leader. He's doing yeah. culty shit. It's fucking yep. ugh. Mm-hmm. God damn. Can't believe Carol Baskins killed that guy, huh? <laughs> Carol Baskins in in the um in the documentary does send uh, a message to Rada where she's just like, "Hey kitty cat Rada, all of our cat lovers love you. You're a cat queen." <laughs> and mm. I'm like, "You couldn't just say good for you?" Like <laughs> this is Okay. Also, I don't know if you so if you watch the second season of Tiger King, there's very much a chance that Carol Baskins didn't kill her husbands. And I just want to be vindicated from when we did our original episode talking about the first season of Tiger King. And I was like, what if he just disappeared and is living his life out in Southern in South America? And people were like, no. And I'm like, turns out maybe turns out maybe. (laughs) Anyway. I definitely got to watch this second season. I, I purposefully didn't once you told me we were going to do this series. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, okay, cool. I'll mm-hmm, just like mm-hmm. chill on it. Um, God damn. Well, thank you so much for bringing this to us. What a, uh, what a batshit wild episode. I know. <laughs> um, hey, if you want to support more batshit episodes like this, consider donating to our Patreon. <laughs> You can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast to find out uh, how you can help support the show. Uh, also, you can listen to us on Rooster Teeth. Cock a doodle doo. Hey, all my beautiful cats and kittens. Uh, <laughs> you can go to roosterteeth.com or you can download the app on your Amazon Fire Stick, your Roku television, your Xbox, or your mobile device and get all of the wonderful content that we make there, uh, but especially our show. So, you know, pretty much the best thing they got on there. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Yeah, whatever, dog. <laughs> um, yeah. Go check that out. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to uh, find me on social media, you can. I'm uh, at Mondo Does Stuff on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, um, Twitch. I do Twitch streaming on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Although I might switch it up and do it on Thursdays and Saturdays. Who knows? But uh, yeah, go check me out. I play games. It's fun. Uh, check me out on social media. I do fun stuff. Thank you. Have a good day night day day night uh hey everybody it's your girl page i'm here all the time um if you want to listen to my voice more often you could listen to horror virgin or romancing the pod or black hard rehab or uh any number of of weird shit (laughs) that i'm on these days um if you want to see me live the 18th in santa cruz i'm still waiting on a booking link for that but i'll be posting it on social media this week uh March 4th in San Diego, uh, potentially adding dates to that weekend. So keep an eye on my social media. And then uh, March 12th through 14th in Austin, Texas, for undisclosed reasons that I got an email saying that I still couldn't disclose. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> thanks for that. Uh, but yeah, uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Paige Wesley or on Instagram at Rampage Wesley. Same with TikTok. I love you. Bye there you go hey if you want to support our show uh follow us on instagram you can do that at cult podcast or on twitter at cult podcast show you can also send us an email to cult podcast show at gmail.com and if you want to send us a tiger home movie that you've made 
with an uh, with an Academy Award winning director, <laughs> or if you want to film your homemade version of Ice Pirates, you could send that to three seven five six West Avenue forty Sweet K number two thirty seven. Like, like the, shining. the Shining, Los Angeles, California nine zero zero six five. Hell yeah! And I think for this one, I'm gonna say, don't drink. Anything advertised with a tiger. (laughs) Don't drink the milk from Frosted Flakes. Don't drink uh, any sort of energy drink that's tiger themed. Don't drink gasoline. Yeah. From Exxon. Anywhere else is fine. Don't drink gasoline. Don't. Damalo gasolina. I'm pretty sure that song's about gasoline only. I think it's actually about cum. Ooh. I, hold on. Hold on. I'm good. I'm sorry. All your cummies. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm I'm looking at the lyrics right now. Da. Be. Young. Young. Oh, oh, no, it's not. That's totally a terrible rumor. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, it might be cocaine. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Either that or just El Pasión. Anyway, thank <laughs> yeah, you so much pasión. for joining us. Uh, make sure you don't drink the perfume you spill all over your, uh, your ex lover's clothes. <laughs> yeah. Only drink gasoline handed to you by Daddy Yankee. And then <laughs> don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Yeah.